1: And I'm Autumn. This is episode 143 of the Am Writing Fantasy podcast. And uh, this is a bit of a different topic that uh, I actually haven't seen covered anywhere else. Um, oh. And Autumn, you wrote this uh, really interesting blog series for our Patreon supporters. So perhaps I can just uh, hand it over to you to share what we're talking about here today.
2: So you want me to do all the work again. I see how it is.
1: (laughs) Well, I prefer it that way.
2: Oh, well, (laughs) Well, you've been busy, so that's fair enough. But yeah, I don't even, honestly, I don't even know where this idea came from. But there was at some point I was like, wouldn't it be interesting to look at marketing, book marketing? by generation? Like, is it different to market to boomers? Should you be marketing your books to boomers? Because you know, when you do your Facebook ads, it almost almost all the trainings like say choose 60 and under. Well, why are boomers not buying books on Facebook? Are they not on Facebook? So I'm always curious. And you know, I like to question the status quo and see, well, why does it work this way? So I wrote a series of four Patreon posts looking at uh, marketing to boomers, marketing to Gen X, go Gen X, uh, marketing to millennials, and Wait. Gen Z. Yeah. <laughs> so it was actually really interesting, and it did influence some of my thoughts on marketing. So it'll be really fun to dig into that today.
1: For sure. It should be uh, quite interesting. And yeah, maybe we'll learn some stuff that we need to think about here. I think so.
2: I, I. I have to admit that it made me even rethink some of the stuff I'm doing, um, my entrepreneurial sphere in my own life. And I think there is one generation that is like the ideal of who you should be marketing to. And I'm like, Oh, I want to try this. So mm, we'll have to get there.
1: Wow. Nice.
2: Yes. So anyway, how are things for you over in Denmark?
1: Um, Well, as you said, pretty busy, I would say. Um, And we're also really still struggling with the uh, party who are selling the house that we put in an offer for. Still no Um, (laughs) definite there. uh, Well, we are pretty far from each other when Hmm. it comes to the price at the moment. We probably have a gap like 45, 50,000 US dollars between us at the moment. Which is quite a lot, and uh, <laughs> if I'm honest, I'm not really sure that we are going to be able to agree. Yeah, um, that's bad. yeah, we we did increase our offer with around seventeen thousand U.S. dollars, um, oh. but because the house needs a new roof, which will be very expensive to fix, like I like I mentioned in in a podcast episode a couple of weeks back, yeah. uh, we more or less. Offered now as much as we're willing to offer um and if we offer more, we basically risk losing too much money if we want one day want to sell the house again, yeah. so I think with the increased offer we made
2: mm-hmm.
1: honestly we're probably if we want to sell the house again, we're probably going to lose around fifty thousand u s dollars the day we sell the house. Yeah, um, and I don't like that, of course, but it's sort of within a f- acceptable acceptable range. I mean, we we can live yeah. with that, but right. it, it cannot be any more than that, right? And and still, no. if I then look at that, then the selling party still need to drop their price around forty five thousand US dollars to meet us, which I don't think that'll happen. To be honest,
2: that's too bad because I know you guys like that one, so that's really unfortunate. Maybe they'll change their mind you know you're going we're going into winter and most people most houses don't sell in winter i know in the united states so i can't imagine that they're selling like hot cakes in denmark either so maybe they'll rethink that
1: yeah, usually usually there's no problem selling houses in the winter here in, oh, no, in nice. Denmark. That that's, uh, It goes year round. Um, huh. But I did talk to the real estate agent today and, you know, the, the selling party's real estate agent uh, because she called me to sort of ask uh, how things uh, were going and what we were thinking. And I was sort of explaining to her, like, you know, you're asking way too much money hmm. and the fact that you have to put in a new roof you need to account for that in the price which you're not doing mm-hmm. and then i also told her you know fine if he doesn't want to drop the price but at the end of the day the next buying party if it's not going to be us but the next party will have the same problem as we have now yeah so you're not going to sell the house if you keep insisting on charging this much for it because other people will also figure out that oh okay we need to put in a new roof that's very expensive we want a, a price reduction because of it so you're gonna end up in the same place next time uh, yeah. and he's been they've they've had it for sale for uh, about six months now right so it's also about time that you start questioning maybe your price is too high after six <laughs> months and you still haven't sold it yeah so, especially in the current housing but I market. don't know
2: yeah
1: yeah we'll see how it goes but honestly i i don't know um so we will we've submitted the uh slight increase in our offer and then i also said in the email that this is our last offer so Mm. we're not going to increase the price any more than this so either you take it or or that's it
2: well i'll keep my fingers crossed for you we'll see what they say all right
1: yeah i i think it'll be a no but uh But maybe, who knows, maybe they change their mind in in four or five months when they still haven't sold it. Maybe they'll (laughs) come back and say, okay, are you still interested? Who knows?
2: You never know. Maybe you'll find the perfect house coming up. I know you guys are so busy, so it's hard to look for houses at the same time. But you never know. You (laughs) might find something else you like even more.
1: Yeah, yeah. Who knows? But you're also trying to work out what to do and whatnot, so I know you're busy as well, Autumn.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, I think it's so funny because we were just joking. I mean, it looks like I'm in the it's like midnight here that we're we're somehow on the same continent. Um, but it's only three in the afternoon and it is just <laughs> like gray and raining. We got the fall rains coming into Vermont. But yeah, our our housing we're we're kind of wanting to leave here around November. You know, my husband spent all summer working in Maine. He's got some good job offers up that way so we're kind of up in the air trying to look around too but the housing market the rental apartment market in the u.s is just insane so we're like well you can want to change something but sometimes it's um not as easy as you expected so i don't know what we're gonna end up doing where we'll end up being but i know the next i know the upcoming podcast will be slightly out of order but i am going to go see my parents and that'll be fun so i know one of our episodes will be recording soon i'll have a whole different backdrop and maybe some overhead lighting and i won't look like i'm coming from a cave
1: (laughs) just for a change
2: just for a change just to you know make things exciting keep my life exciting it'll be good
1: oh yeah sounds like a good idea okay let's uh, move on here
0: all right a week on the internet with the am writing fantasy podcast
1: So the most important thing first here, Autumn. Okay. Are you ready? Absolutely. You know I'm going to spring something on you.
2: Yeah, I'm taking a deep (laughs) breath. Okay, I'm ready.
1: (laughs) So one of the YouTube comments on episode 141, that was the one where we went head-to-head trying to come up with the worst superpowers ever. Right. But one of the comments was from Sade, and he actually declared a winner. Did you notice that? I think I did
2: happen to see that one because it made me rather happy.
1: You want to guess who he thought was the winner, Autumn?
2: If it's the same Um, well, No, that's right. I saw a Facebook comment, not a YouTube one. Shoot. So uh, you better not tell me he thought you were the winner.
1: Of course. Otherwise, why would I bring it up? (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Otherwise, I would just have ignored it.
2: Oh, really? (laughs) Really? swear on facebook he said i yeah. won. Uh, why? No, no,
1: no. He actually <laughs> said uh, he actually said, quote, I'm a practicing Christian and I gotta say I'm confused about Bible man. I think <laughs> Jesper wins on that one alone.
2: <laughs> uh, I don't think so. You had It was a pretty pathetic list I have to say that you had.
1: I don't know if it's the worst though. What? Yeah, well, that was the point of it. <laughs> It was supposed to be pathetic. It was pathetic,
2: but I wouldn't say it was worse. But the dog head Weld, whatever that one was, dog welder, I just, what the heck? Arm fall off? Boy, just no. Those are sad. Yeah. Sad. I can't believe someone even came up with those as, like, characters ever, <laughs> much less actually wrote a comic where they were included. I mean, really. Really stretching it's for so free, to, yeah. got hire a few new writers, guys. There are some really good writers out there. They'll help you a lot. <laughs> <sighs> yeah,
1: yeah. So uh, I, I thought that was an important YouTube comment, uh, <laughs> and that's worth mentioning, of course, here on the podcast as well.
2: Mm, I think gonna so. Have to point uh, thank you, Sade, for.
1: No. Uh, no, thank you, Said for for being so. Uh, smart about your choices on who should win. I think that it it was a good choice. I would just say that.
2: I think you guys have a deal going. I don't believe that one.
1: (laughs) Okay. But something else I wanted to mention was a post I did for our Patreon supporters, uh, because I actually wrote about whether or not Kindle Unlimited is good for fantasy authors. Oh, nice. So, if people want to check out the details of that post, they can, of course, join over on Patreon. There's a link in the show notes. But I thought it interesting how in the post that all the top 100 fantasy books in the top 100 chart in on Amazon, mm-hmm. all of them are available through Kindle Unlimited.
2: That is pretty impressive. Hmm? Yeah. What do
1: you think about that? Every single uh, one is, on the top 100 chart is in Kindle Unlimited.
2: That's pretty impressive. I think that is um, a high stat of showing whether or not it's working for fantasy. I'd have to admit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the post I wrote was based on an article written by uh, Written Word Media. Okay. Um, and it, it's based on some research as well which I always like when I share stuff that is based on research rather than on opinions mm-hmm. so um, so I think that was very uh, interesting and in fact we have recently enrolled some of our books in Kindle Unlimited as well yeah. and uh, I have to say I'm not very happy about the exclusivity uh, demand for Kindle Unlimited or from Amazon there but um, we do want to see how it affects sales so yeah
2: yeah uh, you know I'm always up for testing but it is interesting that you know you brought up your patreon post on kindle unlimited and then today's podcast is based off of four posts and patreon so and if you want to yeah if you want to hear more about read those posts which are in depth and have a lot of market research and links to other sources uh yeah that's on patreon if you want to join and really if you are inspired by this episode today and want to check it out and really get into the links and the stats that's
1: waiting for you on there for just a dollar a month indeed yeah and also of course if um if the if you dear listeners should be interested in knowing sort of uh, if we got any results from placing our books in kindle unlimited then uh, do let us know and i don't know maybe we can dedicate like a future podcast episode to that topic or something but yeah if that interests you then let us know
0: sounds good and on to today's topic
1: so, we have some different generations to cover here today. We have Boomers, Gen X, Millennials, and Gen Z. It's
2: Gen Z, yes.
1: So, I don't know. Do we just want to start with the Boomers and then sort of work down the list of these generations? Or how do you want to do it, Autumn?
2: I, that makes sense. Or I, I guess maybe at times we could compare and contrast. But I think it, Boomers are a great place to start because they were... It was not the... What I expected was the results of what came up with boomers. It was kind of fun to get a different perspective on who the boomer generation is, especially with marketing and fantasy book marketing.
1: Yeah, so boomers are born between 1946 and 1964. Yes. So those are the people we are talking about. So this also means that they are an older generation.
2: They are. They're my my parents' generation, Um, though some people will have, you know, there are still a few people alive who are known as the silent generation, which is older than boomers. But I left them off our little marketing analysis. We're letting them be. Let them be. (laughs) But they're still readers. But the boomers... They're the, like I said, if you're going onto Facebook and you're choosing your targeting audience and you're saying 60 and under, you're totally leaving out the boomers. The boomers are the ones who are actually 60 and older. So they're an older generation and you might be surprised because I think the perception is that they're not online. Maybe they do a lot of research but there's some interesting stats about where they hang out, how often they buy, and what it takes them to actually buy something, which I didn't expect.
1: Mm. Yeah, And also worth pointing out, uh, like you said in the article, that uh, the boomers hold almost 50% of the total wealth in the US. Yes. Uh, so... Yeah, they have money, these people.
2: <laughs> yes, there's 72 million boomers still alive. This was a massive generation. They so, and they're called boomers. It's from the baby boom that happened post-World War II. So there was a huge amount of children born, still a large po- base of the population, 72 million. The only one that is larger than this is gen of millennials are also a really large generation. So lots of people. They hold around 50% of the U.S. wealth. That's a lot of money. And I guess the question is, well, you know, do they read fantasy? Do they buy books online? Those are really the big questions of if they're worth marketing to. And when I started to think Mm. about it, I mean, this is the generation that the the first when their Lord of the Rings was published these were the kids reading them as teenagers. They were reading Tolkien. I, I would love that. Can you imagine being alive when Tolkien like was writing and producing his books? That would be so cool. Yeah. But they were alive with the Isaac Asimov, if you like sci-fi. So a lot of the cla- what we consider now classic, they were the original fans. They were my parents who you know took me to see Star Wars and were fine with it and thought it was so cool. So they saw the moon <laughs> landing. They are not anti-fantasy. So I I've definitely heard that of some people saying, well, they don't read fantasy. Are you kidding? They made Tolkien popular. They love fantasy. They just didn't like Dungeons and Dragons. Well, that's another story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. And But uh, the one thing I'm thinking about, at least mm-hmm. I, well, I don't have like a statistical research uh, of it, but at least if I compare to my own parents, for example, mm-hmm. um, Reading on the Kindle, for example, that took some convincing. Yes. Uh, you know, th- I, I, and I don't know. I mean, of course, my parents might not be like uh, the stereotypical, uh, you know, version of, of the boomers, meaning that th- this is how all the boomers are. Not, I'm not saying that at all, but I could speculate at least that they uh, might prefer to have the book in their hands, like paperbacks or hardbacks and stuff like that. that I could speculate that a bit. Mm -hmm.
2: I think it would be not disingenuous to say that, that. If you want to market to boomers, it would probably be a good idea to make sure you have a paperback version. But they have taken, unlike the perception they have taken to computers and the internet age, actually extremely well. A lot of them are, like, Facebook is the number one place. If you want to go market to boomers, just go to Facebook. That's where they are. Uh, But it was the stats on them. I mean, it was 70% of, like, boomers are online or on a computer. And of those 70%, like, 90% of them are on Facebook. So they're online and what my favorite thing about them. So they have their huge population base. So if you want to say even 10% of them like fantasy and, you know, or maybe 10% of them will read on a Kindle, that's still a huge number of people. They have a ton of wealth. They're retired. So they, they, they might work part-time, but they don't need to work because they already have money and they're in retirement. So they have time to read, which uh, that's fantastic. And they are tend to be impulsive buyers. And they're very brand centric. So if you say something to them that they like, they will immediately go and buy because they've got the money. They're not worried. They they just, they're, they what they don't have is time. So they want to make sure, you know, they have, they enjoy their life. They're not going to sit there in hem and haul. If they think they're going to like a book, they'll go and buy the book. And then if they like you, they love brands. So they will stay with you and be a loyal follower. I mean, they sound like the perfect person to try to sell your book to. You might want to tailor your ads, though, specifically to them. They're going to want different wording. And remember, they were alive when Tolkien was writing. So you don't want to say, hi oh, as good as Tolkien. Well, you know, you better gosh darn be <laughs> as good as Tolkien because they know who that is and they were reading it before you were born. So <laughs> make your ads honest but make it something where they're like oh my goodness, I want to go and try this out and they click and they may very well just go and buy like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, it might be sometimes a bit harder to get them to read the ebooks, but uh mm-hmm. Yeah. There is that. But I was a bit surprised in your post as well that your post pointed out that a lot of them is actually using YouTube as well. That was, I mean, not, not creating videos, but watching YouTube, I mean. That actually surprised me a bit. Uh, I because that's not normally what I would think about this generation, that they would be watching YouTube.
2: Yeah, uh, and we'll see that across all of them, that YouTube is a really big player, um, often next to Facebook or a little bit better than Facebook. So... YouTube, if you can find a way that taps into that market that is engaging. And I think that's the tough thing with selling books is finding a way of selling your books on YouTube. I don't think anyone has hit the perfect formula for that yet, but at the very (laughs) least, you if you can try out some videos, you could try them on Facebook and YouTube and see if you can kind of get people hooked in, try your book trailers, just make sure they're really, really good and really engaging and not boring.
1: Yeah, I would not spend time on that, to be honest. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, we had our our little spell with YouTube already, uh, Autumn. So uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we gave up on that quite a long time ago. <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't, as I said, I don't think anyone, there's some people who do very well on YouTube, and it takes a ton of work, more work than I think most people appreciate. <laughs> And I still don't think when it comes to selling actual books, like being there as an author not trying to sell a service, I don't think anyone has cracked that nut. So, hey, you could be the first one. Good luck.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Should we move on to Gen X? Yeah, that we will um, have time
2: for a summary, too.
1: Yeah. These people are born between 1965 and 1979. Ooh. So, this <laughs> is us.
2: This is us. This is ours. <laughs> and it even includes my husband. If you count as you, the years you gave also include something called them. They call them zennials, not millennials. Zennials, which is starts with an X because they are the, a group that's, they're not really millennials. They're not really Gen X. They're kind of squished in between. They call them a micro generation, but they tend to go, you know, both ways. They can be a little bit more millennial. They can be a little more Gen X and that's my husband. He's a little younger than me. Um, there are some differences, but not much. But what is neat about these two generations or this generation and micro generation is we are the first ones who have an analog childhood. We had a childhood of books and playing outside and hearing about computers in the basements of giant colleges, you know, but never seeing one until we hit our teenage years. So our adulthood has been taken over by the Internet and in the digital age but our childhood we remember playing war and kick the can and running through hayfields at least i do <laughs> it was much yeah. more much more uh, hands on and physical and as i say analog and we're the last generation who has that memory of the time before computers which is kind of skynetish or something <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but it, it's actually quite funny because as well, sometimes I've been uh, I've been talking to my sons about, uh, you know, when we got the fir- very first computer at home when I was uh, a kid or like teenage, young teenager, mm-hmm. we got the very first computer. And, it, and I was trying to explain to them how it actually felt, you know, to get the first computer because they don't understand because computers has always been part of their life. And they don't get the fact that once you sit down and for the first time ever, you use this kind of machine that has never existed before. And then I was showing them on YouTube. I found some old clips of oh uh, what the games looked like back yeah. then. And they were looking at me like, are you crazy? It's <laughs> like, but you don't understand. That was amazing, amazing. back then. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Just some pixels moving on a screen was amazing.
2: <laughs> if even that, the first time I did a, a game that was... Um, it was mushing. So multi-user shared hallucination. I did it at college. And the fact that, you know, you could be on at 1 a.m. and you're talking to someone in New Zealand and all you had literally was text on a screen. We didn't even have pixels for the some of the sites I was on. And I was just like, mm. oh my gosh, you're in Australia. You're in New Zealand. You're in Asia. This is amazing. I can't. I still have an email that I found recently from my dad, one of the first ones in my account that somehow got saved. Oh, really? And it was like, I can't believe it was when I was studying abroad in uh, Manchester, UK. And he's like, I can't believe you, you know, you asked me for this and I just sent it to you and you have it instantly. I mean, mail was two weeks long and I could chat with my dad like and get information, something I needed from him like that. Well, as long as it took the attachment to upload and download, which is like still an eternity compared to today. But yeah, yeah, yeah. back then, 10 minutes for an attachment, you're like, ka-ching, Thank you so much. You just saved my life. It was amazing. And I still have one of those original emails. And it's just cool. It's cool to think back saying this was huge, 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 huge.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it, it's so difficult to explain to people who are not GNXs <laughs> uh, what that felt like. Uh, yes. But uh, but it, it, I think it, it's pretty cool.
2: It is. And I'm sure there's um, listening And you also
1: pointed through. out in your post how... Uh, Uh, Sorry I interrupted you. Oh,
2: that's what I said. And I'm sure there's listeners who are like, yeah, this is so cool. They know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and also you pointed out in your post how uh, during the teenage years of GNXs, we were influenced by Dragonlance and yes. Dungeons and Dragons RPG and stuff. I, and I instantly thought, yes, that's right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is that came out usually most of our formative years. So if we're a fantasy fan, it might have started before Dragonlance. For me, it started before Dragonlance with Anne McCaffrey, but when it came out it became this huge phenomenon especially getting to play the role playing game of course on the side of that our parents we, were going through the satanic panic which i mentioned later in some of the yeah. other generations but yeah it was such a big no-no that we you know we often hid the fact that we're into dungeons and dragons from our parents lest we be have our games taken away <laughs> or not be allowed to see our friends anymore But it was sort of one of the first, I mean, Tolkien was big, but I think Dragonlance really defines a lot of our generation and our love of fantasy and the type of fantasy maybe we still enjoy. Because it's changed a lot, but there's still a core of those stories that have the elves, the dwarves that are still so much a derivative of Tolkien very closely.
1: Yeah. And, and the whole thing about, uh, you know, like an adventure group, yes. like in, in Dragonlands, like they're, they're a group mm-hmm. that goes out together and st- all that stuff, right? That's yeah. very tropey nowadays as well. Um, and I also liked, which I also felt like hit home in your article <laughs> was... Um, that we like to do research before we buy, so we are checking on the internet for reviews and and com, you know other competitors, other products and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Which I definitely recognize because I do that myself. <laughs> Whenever I need to buy something, I'm going to check reviews. I'm going to do some a bit of internet research to see you know is there some better alternatives or is this really the best product and stuff like that. Uh, so so I, I definitely recognize myself in, in that as well
2: yes i think that is a very funny trait we weren't born to the internet age but we helped shape it and we certainly helped shape it as a marketing platform so a lot of us that are entrepreneurs we know our way in and out of the marketplace and in and out of running businesses online and we do our research we will check out comparisons we will look at competitors we will check the reviews we'll read the reviews Uh, So we're not a spontaneous buyer. We are the one that when they say it takes at least seven to 11 times of seeing an ad before someone will go and look (laughs) at your book. That's us. Yeah, we will not go buy your book just because you saw it on Instagram. We'll be like, yeah, that's nice. You don't hook us on the first bite. Not even close. We're going to check you out. We'll think about it. And compared to boomers, so we'll do a lot of more research. And we are a smaller generation. We're not 72 million. We're like 68, I think. So there's less of us. And I can't remember what percentage of the wealth we have, but obviously boomers have almost half and we have about half of what's left somewhere around 25%. So
1: yeah, we're doing pretty good. Yeah.
2: We're doing pretty good. We we were going, getting into our, you know, 40s now and we're, we're okay. We're doing well. You know, um, our most famous, I think Gen Xer is, um, Elon Musk. So we, you know, some of us have done really well and then the rest of us are working <laughs> on that, <laughs> but <laughs> we're definitely a generation of doing our research. We have some money, but we're pretty much, we've worked really hard to earn our money at this point, And we don't let it go as quickly. So you can get us with a coupon. We will launch, we will jump into an email marketing to get a coupon. That's fine. We know how email marketing works because we probably set it up ourselves. Um, that's just how we, we know how it all works. So we'll sign up for something. We'll get on a list and I thought it was funny. One of the biggest things about our generation is we'll stick with you. We like brands. We like people until they say something we don't like. And then it is like, you're gone. You have one chance to lose us. <laughs> if you say something we find offensive or we don't agree with, click, you're gone. Unsubscribe. So we're the also the unsubscribe generation.
1: Right. Yeah. So I think in overall from a book selling perspective, uh, this is where you're, you know, building up your reviews are really important. Um, yes. that's, at least that's going to help to convince a Gen X person to actually buy your book. Yes. If, so, if we are but let's on move Facebook. on to millennials.
2: Okay. Well, I want to wrap up one quick thing. So, so Gen Xs are on Facebook, so you can still market to them. We're also on Instagram. And I agree. If you're going to try to hook a Gen Xer, you're probably going to have to spend a lot more money than you would with a boomer. And reviews, being able to say other people have liked this, be very open with your reviews. That's how you're going to get them more interested than saying, we're great, I write just like Tolkien. Yeah, they're not going to buy that.
1: (laughs) Millennials, then, is born from 1981 to 1996. So these are the people who actually grew up fully in the internet age and probably... Most of them probably don't even know a life before computers.
2: No, if they have any recollection. So this is interesting to me. Yeah, I can't imagine. So if they have any recollection of life before computers, they will have memories of life before smartphones. So they might remember flip phones and cell phones. So that's kind of, you know, I can at least relate to that a little bit. But they grew up knowing computers, building computers, and they, they're they pretty snazzy and know their way around the marketing. What surprised me is I thought for sure all the millennials, they get such a bad rap as being like the more self-centered generation. But at the same time, the oldest ones are in their 40s. You know, they're taking their kids to college. They've grown up, but they are really still really good online and I thought they'd all be off of Facebook, but there's still a majority of them on Facebook. And after Mm. that, Instagram, I mean, those are the two big ones of where you can find still millennials. Somehow. I don't know how Facebook keeps everyone, but they do.
1: Yeah, they do. Yeah, but also <laughs> things like Twitter and Twitch and TikTok and that yes. kind of place—they're also hanging out there.
2: Yeah, they're TikTok is especially coming up, but they are—they're are,
1: basically everywhere.
2: Yeah, they're a little more broad spectrum, so it's harder to find out exactly. Like, and what was interesting, it doesn't—that study, the statistic I was quoting, didn't show if they were on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, which most likely they are. But there could be some ors, like, are you here or here or here? I mean, this is one of the ones, if you're marketing to them, you're going to have to market to a broad base because I'm not quite sure where they are and how often they're seeing you.
1: Yeah. And again, the majority is watching YouTube here. Yes. Um, Amazing. Again, I'm not so sure about this. I mean, it's interesting, of course, to know that the majority is watching YouTube, but I don't think that they are watching YouTube from a book perspective. <laughs> so they're just using it is as, as it as entertainment. Yeah. So this also means that uh, I, I, I'm not I don't think that you one should conclude out of this that you should try to sell books on YouTube to these people. That's not the point here.
2: No, I think um, you'll good luck with that if you can find a way. But yeah, I think they're pretty much on YouTube, like you said, for entertainment, maybe tutorials. I mean, my that's my favorite use of YouTube. I must be so boring, but I'm on it to watch tutorials on how to do stuff. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm a -er. do-it-yourselfer.
2: That's how it works. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And and also for the millennials, you know, they have a very very large population base. They're even larger than the boomers. But as you pointed out in your article as well, they. On the other hand they don't have that uh, much cash no. you know compared to our gen Xs. we have like five five times the wealth of the millennials and they are many more than we are uh-huh. so i think uh-huh. money wise they usually operate with a fairly limited budget
2: yes i agree they tend to be educated and i think gen z are even going to be more educated than millennials but millennials tend to be educated Their careers really haven't taken off, even though, I mean, they can be as old as 40, but they are still struggling. We'll get to the statistic when we talk to Gen Z, but Gen Z and millennials combined, combined, which is a huge amount of population. That's 68 million plus like 72 million, somewhere in there. They only have 6% of the U.S. wealth. 6% percent. So if you are marketing to anyone who is 40 and younger, we're talking about someone who has only 6% of the U.S. wealth. They're going to be inheriting quite a lot from baby boomer parents. I think it was like $68 But again, the wealthiest are going to inherit the most. Most people are going to just inherit maybe a nice modest sum. And then you take out the inheritance tax, which is like 50% they're not going to be made wealthy overnight. And that was $68 trillion by 2030. So they still have some years. And that's, again, a statistic. So that's going to be up and down. It's going to be some sooner, some later. May mine be later. Um, so they're not a very wealthy generation. <laughs> if you're marketing to them, this is the one you want to be trying free giveaways. They will sign up for free giveaways and free coupons. And again, these are people who have grown up with the internet. They have probably started their own businesses in high school. They know how it works. They know what happens when they sign up most often. They've done it probably a million times. And they, But they will do it. They will sign up to check out something and to give a sample. They'll go for the free sample. It might be the best way to hook them. However, they might not be able to afford to go buy all your books right away. They might have the budget for them. They might be the ones on Kindle Unlimited. That's going to be the best deal for them because they don't have a ton of money. You want to keep these aspects in mind that, you know, they're the ones who are looking for But the nice thing is, is since they grew up in the internet age, and because they have a limited amount of money, they're also really good at research. They're really into reading reviews. And they're huge at social media, leaving reviews and telling people if they loved or hated you. So these are the influencer generation. They're the ones who if they like you, they're going to show the unboxing, they're going to give you reviews, they're going to give you a huge shout out. However, they are definitely not brand-centric. They are quality-centric. So they might stick to you for a while, but if they find something better, they're going to move to something better. So you might not be able to hold on to these as tightly as you might a boomer who was going to basically keep you in cherished for the last breath.
1: Yeah, and of course the good news is that... uh ebooks at least i mean these people no, are I very won't. used to the, you know technology and so on so ebooks is not a problem and then the other part of it is of course as well that they might not have a lot of wealth but ebooks are like a couple of bucks so for most of them they i think they should be able to afford a couple of bucks for an ebook uh, otherwise they have a lot of problems uh, <laughs> but not to say that some don't of course but yeah. but i think there's quite a big I mean because they are there are so many of these then a lot of them will have the money to buy a, a 3 4 5 ebook um so yeah it's good to know uh, of course to be mindful that they are operating on a limited budget and like you just said Autumn, this just to me that doesn't mean so much about them not being able to afford the books i think it more speaks to the fact that you have to write really good books to, to keep these people reading. Otherwise mm-hmm. they, they'll just not buy any more from you. They they'll go jump on, on to another author or something instead and try to read some other books. But because they might you might be able to hook them to buy one book, but mm-hmm. they're not gonna continue reading the series unless they really find it's really good. Yeah. So I- For me, I think that's the important part.
2: Yeah, I agree. And though I do, I have met quite a few that have mentioned that, you know, they have a book budget. You know, they can only, everything is budgeted in their life because they only have so much money. And, you know, the good ones don't go over. But that's why things like Kindle Unlimited are such good deals. And they're going for the deals. So if there's a way, if they love reading and they want to be able to read as many books as possible in a month, they're going to read Kindle Unlimited. And that's why I think you see Kindle Unlimited being such a huge you know, inducement why so many people are a part of it, because it's a good deal if you're a serial reader and you only have like 4% of it the is, entire yeah. US wealth. Yeah, I'd do it. Not a problem.
1: Yeah. Okay, so Gen Z. Yes. Um, born between 1997 and two, 2012. Yes. So that basically makes them between 6 years old and 24 at this point in time. They are so and there's it, a lot of them. There are nearly lot. 68 million people in the U.S. here.
2: Yeah, so this is another big generation, almost the same as uh, Gen X. So this is like our, our shadow copy Gen Z, and admittedly, they're young. So there's not a ton of market research on them yet, but it's up and coming. They're starting to make their waves known in the world. But again, combined Gen Z combined with Gen uh, with millennials only 6% of the U S wealth. So tiny amount, this is, so they're even less, they have even less than millennials because they're just getting into the workforce. If they finish their education, they almost all of them have at least one parent that graduated from college. And a lot of them are going on to do master's program. They're going to be one of the highest educated generations. And so because of that, a lot of them are not in the workforce or working full time. So they have even less money going around. They have also never known a world without smartphones, and that's just terrifying. Oh, amazing, <laughs> amazing. They are, you know, they're gonna. The next generation is gonna come with USB plugs installed. I swear, they are just know their way <laughs> Probably. around computers. They might, Probably. yeah, exactly. So they're. They're the biggest thing, I think, and the reason I included them, even though they're not much marketing research, is that if you are targeting YA young adult readers, you're targeting Gen Z. So go and look and see what they're doing. Of course, I, I thought it was so funny when I looked at YA stats. 50% of YA readers are adults. They're older than 24. So that's, you know, Gen X. Um, even boomers, millennials, they're all reading YA, they're just doing it secretly. But technically, Gen Z is your target audience if you're YA. So you should know where they are, what they're doing, how they buy books. This is really important for you to take a look at and see where they're hanging out, which, again, is pretty much all over from TikTok to to Facebook, to YouTube, to Snapchat, TikTok rising pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, I think for these people, you know, think of somebody who's grown up with computers, they've grown up with smartphones, they've grown up with apps. So it's really important if you want to engage with these people online, which is like the main place where you should be engaging with them, all the like, you know, nice images, nice user interfaces, uh, corresponding with them through comments and in chats, and you know the whole community building thing—that's the key they here. So, them, yeah, uh, yeah. To me, like for for somebody uh, a Gen X person, I already feel like oh, this sounds stressful. <laughs> 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 all, all the all the million interactions and commenting on all these different on social media platforms—I don't know. It's not my thing to be honest, but uh, I think for these people, for the GNCS. It is important for them. This, this is how they, to a large degree, that's how they view uh, relationships. A lot of their relationships are online. Mm-hmm. So it's it's yeah for 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 somebody from uh, Gen X, this is just like a <laughs> a different planet kind of thing. <laughs> it
2: is. I mean, they consider their life online almost equal to their physical life. It is about equally important, fifty fifty, which. Yeah, as a Gen Xer, having remembered like life offline, that I still prefer, you know, to be offline quite a lot. We're the we're the generation that's like, I'm taking a social media break. I mean, I think Gen Z is like, that's yeah. half my life. I would never go offline. But they want the yeah. fine touch. They want the they want community. If you want to get Gen Zers into loving your YA books, You have to build community. You have to have interaction and beautiful photos and you have to have video. They like video. So they want to see all of these things and you've got to be chatting with them and you've got to be dynamic and you've got to also be really aware. And this is what I've been reading some YA books and the change is so non they're non-Tolkien, not at all. If you want to go read like um, the Shadow and Bone, the Grisha series, the Grisha verse. It's so different from what I was reading as a teenager. There's very few elves, very few dwarves, very few ogres. It's almost all humans and different races and their interactions. And, you know, they'll have issues of transgender and homosexuality. It's all there and it's very open. And those are the concerns rather than, you know, a quest group. It's totally different, and it's kind of... To me, it was really refreshing to read. It was very exciting to read.
1: Very different.
2: But it is a completely different audience, and it's interesting. You've got to go and and hang out with them and see what they're doing, and be on TikTok and be very engaged and fun, and have that community, and also have the coupons and the free books in Kindle Unlimited, because that is definitely how you're going to be able to hook them. At least have one series in Kindle Unlimited if you're doing YA, because... They're in school, they don't got much money Don't make them pay for everything They're probably getting it as a Christmas present From their parents
1: It sounds like way too much work, Autumn (laughs) I'm already tired
2: (laughs) And you have kids Your kids are technically Gen Z, aren't they?
1: Yeah, but I, yeah, yeah, that part is fine. But I, <laughs> marketing to these people sounds like way too much work.
2: <laughs> it probably is, but just have your, train your kids to do it. You'll, they'll be naturals. That's why you have kids. They're going be oh, yeah, your marketing yeah, yeah. managers. Just yeah, true. <laughs> That's all you need to yeah.
1: do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to my oldest son because, um, He's about to... He wants to start his own YouTube channel. Oh, And he my wants gosh. to do, like... A, well, like a true Gen Z, I guess, right? So he wants to build a YouTube channel and he wants to, um, you know, do, like, do those gaming videos and stuff like that. Yeah. And then... I was, trying, I, w- I was trying to be like the good dad who, who has been, you know, I've been doing the YouTube thing for us as well and all that stuff. So I, was, I started talking about something uh, because we were talking about the intro and outro music thing <laughs> that you put on videos and stuff like that. And I was sort of saying to him, well, just be mindful that, you know, that some of that is copyrighted. So you can't just take some music for wherever. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I know all of that. I was like you do yeah 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 and I also know where to find it and like, okay <laughs> so he he knows all of it I, I I bet you like in in four months you'll know more about YouTube than I ever knew
2: <laughs> in a year we're going to be hiring him as our social media manager just watch they, they maybe, they maybe do. <laughs> yes
1: they just yeah they know this stuff they do know this stuff. Okay, but what can we sort of conclude out of all this autumn?
2: That if you're a Gen Xer and marketing to you're not doing YA and marketing to Gen Z and millennials sounds too much, market to Boomers. Try it. I want to. I would love to know if anyone is specifically choosing like a Facebook audience, saying you know fifty and older, and. You know, just finding the right words because again, they will actually spend money. They will go buy your books. Possibly, like I said, you should have paper books available. But they will read online. As a lot of them have adapted to like the Kindle paper whites and stuff that feel more like a book, that look more like a book. I wanna know if anyone's doing that because after reading this, I'm like they have money, they're impulsive, they're brand centric. They sound like they have they're retired, they have time to read. They sound like the gift of Book marketing right there. Go for boomers. I want to <laughs> know if anyone else is because it's totally rethought. I'm like, I now see why if you're marketing to Gen X, you're going to be marketing forever to try to get them to get, you know, give you a try. They'll give you a try, but they're, you know, they're booked, they're tired, they've got kids, they do their research, they're going to be so hard to sell to. And the rest, you know, they don't have much money. These are not a huge 6% of the wealth. They're going to be. It's going to take some time to get Gen Z and millennials to want to spend money on you unless you've got a really good deal. But boomers, you know, 50% of the U.S. wealth, lots of free time, impulsive shoppers. Oh, I love you. Ba-boom. I know. I have to admit in some of my best emails, I put that in the post, some of the best emails I've ever gotten and the lengthiest emails because boomers will correspond with you. And they will stick with you. My biggest fans have all been boomers. But it took until I wrote that article to go like, oh, this is why. They care and they want to get to know you and they will stay with you and they will love you. And maybe they're not going to give you as big as a shout out as a millennial or a Gen Z because they're going to spread you all over the Internet. They're going to love you in a really compassionate way. So I want to know if anyone's marketing to boomers because I think it's totally a way to go.
1: Yeah. So let us know and uh, hopefully you got a bit of uh, inspiration for, you know, well, at least on the Facebook ads, uh, you can target different age brackets. So at least now, you know, for your Facebook ads, at yeah. least uh, some things to consider and think about um, on Amazon ads. Obviously, there's no way to select certain age groups and so on. So there you, yeah, you're, it doesn't help much, but yeah. But at least with the Facebook ads, I think this is very useful.
2: Yes. And in the posts on Patreon, I actually went into maybe some suggested images because each generation has different traits of the type of images that call to them. So again, come go check out the posts on Patreon if you're a member or join for a dollar a month and go check it out and see what the suggestions are.
1: Okay, good. So next Monday, Autumn has a very special interview lined up for you. It's about how to write fight scenes, and for us fantasy authors, that is highly relevant.
0: If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on patreon.com slash amwritingfantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.